Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stodd. We're two attorneys with Pasha Law with offices in California, Texas, New York, and Illinois. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. This is where we cover business in the news with a legal twist. And today we're trying to answer the question, who calls whom when you get disconnected <laughs> on the line? I always get, you, know, you always get in that awkward situation where, no, we're not talking about that, right? <laughs> we'll have our opinion of that at the end. I I have a couple thoughts, but uh, you have a couple thoughts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, because you're in the middle of, you know, you're driving along and obviously you get disconnected and then you call each other and then they both go to voicemail. It drives you crazy anyway. Yeah. So, but today we're actually discussing what to do when a customer or client accuses your employees or worst, you, your business being raced for being racist. Right. So this, this all kind of stemmed about from an, an incident by the time people listen to this last week. So last week in Alabama, a woman was caught shoplifting at a Victoria's Secret, which in a vacuum, I guess, wouldn't really be a story we'd cover on this show. But in this case, the situation was escalated because what we had was a, a black woman was caught stealing and the response by the store's manager was to kick out every other black female in the store. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is where we meet the individual named Kimberly Hausa. Hausa? Hausa? hope I get there. One of those had two had to be right. So the reason we found out about this, she went on Facebook live and did a 11 minute thing about her experience. She got even emotional. She, I think she ran the full gamut of emotions from kind of laughing almost and disbelief to angry to upset and why she was forced out of the store eventually. And that video or that Facebook live went viral. And obviously, so like you, you kind of alluded to the oops, uh, big mistake on this store manager's part. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, her reaction is probably very similar to how anyone else would react. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do in that situation? I mean, it's very awkward, right? I mean, and at the same time, you want to stand up for your rights and and file complaint, but at the same time, you don't also don't want to be all of a sudden the center of a story on a podcast. So yeah, I always find it strange whenever you're kind of, whenever these people that go through these situations, I'm sure this always goes through their mind, right? Is, is on one hand, it, you know, I was just thinking about, remember that one coffee that McDonald's, everyone knows a story, coffee gets spilled on a woman and she sues McDonald's and, mm-hmm. and she actually won a judgment and, and ended, ended up settling later. And of course the narrative is that she sued McDonald's for millions of dollars and she knew the coffee was hot and so forth. Right. But the reality is, is like, there's a lot more to that story. And I'm not going to talk about that, but you know, bottom line is, is that that woman ends up being kind of an elderly woman was in the passenger seat and she gets pretty severe burns on her. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? I mean, it's like, she and she has goes through months without medical bills being being paid about you know tens of thousands of dollars and McDonald's is offering her some kind of nominal amount and it's not like she wanted to sue but you know you get to a point where it's like okay I have to raise this issue you know were you the one that turned me on to that documentary probably were right I was I don't know I was just I don't even know what document people I this this is the second time I I talked about this today and <laughs> Logan was saying something about some documentary. I don't even know there was one, but the other one was to a cashier at McDonald's as you were ordering, you were talking to her about <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was t- explaining to her why because this coffee's not hot enough and the, the origin of it all. You, you make a good point. I mean, the, 
sort of a couple different responses that we, you know, we're, we're talking about here. One, one of which, like you were saying, was the response of the actual customer. And I think she was pretty, she was more upset at the, I guess more even in shock at the beginning. You know, I think she eventually comes around and due to the response of Victoria's Secret, their corporate, you know, she is going to still be a customer, just ne- not necessarily of that individual store that she was at. But yeah, I mean, from an empl- from a customer standpoint, you know, it's, at least in this case, I mean, there's no there's no real damages to her individually. But you know, this isn't like your the coffee example. But let's let's shift it to the focus of the sure. the employer's perspective, since that's hopefully what we're that's what we're more used to dealing with, I guess. But and more important for sure. So, like I said, the Victoria's Secret, their corporate, did issue an apology. What happened at our store should not have happened. Does not represent who we are, or what we stand for. Store associate involved in this matter is no longer employed with the company. Victoria's Secret is adamant that all customers, regardless of race, be treated with dignity and respect at all times. So, so I mean, it, exactly what you would expect. Expect nothing less from an organization like that. And I can just imagine, like some some attorney or even the I'm sure the store manager or the regional manager is looking at the watching the video of their store, like on this, uh, I think I, it was Facebook Live, right? Yeah. And and, and so just, just picture this for a second. You, you're watching this this video and this. you have this customer saying, I quote, she, referring to the manager, can't tell us why, but we're kicked out of the store. And because another black female gets caught stealing, me and the other black female here have to be affiliated. So we're all, we're all put out. <laughs> and, then, and then in the video, the manager can be heard telling the, the black customers, I just need y'all to go yeah. uh, in response to, you know, her complaints and so forth. Yeah, pretty outrageous, obviously. I mean, I, I was going to say we don't know the full circumstances, but quite frankly, we don't really need to know what they are. It's <laughs> no matter what the situation was, it was a bad call by the store manager. And one thing, too, we should think about is what about the actual, because this was in a shopping mall. What about the mall security as well? I mean, it's the other there's implications there too, and and you know there it says there the mall is conducting its own investigation because if the mall was kind of acting at the direction of Victoria's Secret because they're saying okay these people are security risks and so the mall security kind of complies, but then if they realize wait a minute why are they security risks just because you say they are because they're happen to be all this you know the same race mm-hmm. then there could be some implications in the mall but of course I mean it's a little attenuated to the origin of it all right yeah and you know it's not in this situation I would assume that the the mall security probably this all happened so quickly the mall security probably didn't even know what was really going on or have have time to react unless they were standing right outside the store so that's we can distinguish that from a situation that happened in an Apple store. This was in Australia, actually, by the way. This was in Australia, okay. The so, Apple store one, yeah. So maybe the, the security there is backwards of what it is here, I think, right? Is that how that works? That's correct. That's what I read. Okay. <laughs> you got what I was saying. Yeah, I, I, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> so yeah, in an Apple store security guard, uh, sorry, an Apple store employee and a security guard stopped a group of Middle Eastern and black students from entering an Apple store. Of course, there's another video because basically anything bad that happens is going to be on video these days, which, yep. you know, that's, that's how it works. So especially their teens. I mean, not to stereotype, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're like, they're, con- they're, they're constantly videotaping something with their phones. So 
the employee can be heard telling the teens, these guys, meaning security, are just a bit worried about your presence in our store. They're just worried you might steal something. You might steal something. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, guilty till proven innocent. One of the teens responds, why would we steal something? And they just said, end of discussion. I need to ask you to leave our store. So, I mean, first of all, I don't know if the Apple stores are like, in Australia, are like they actually are the reverse of what they are here, but... It's, I don't think you can even steal stuff at the Apple store the way it's all kind of structured. I don't know. I thought, well, actually, I, they're I, all kind of cabled into everything. They're cabled in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, these teens are probably in there kind of playing around with the phone, just like what you're supposed to do in an Apple store, because that's, <laughs> that's what they like, you know, have you do to come in. And of course, everyone, I mean, we've all been in one, even like, I don't even have an iPhone, but I played, you know, gone in there before and played with iPads and stuff like that just because you know, I'm walking around the mall, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're made to do that. And, and of course, like if I was maybe with a bunch of other kids of the same color, and then, you know, maybe, maybe I would, this is what happened to me. I got scared all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> so outrageous. It's, and in this case, this, I mean, this is even worse, I'd say, just because we don't even have one, you know, we don't even have somebody even try, stealing something. This was a precautionary thing based solely on race is what it looks like. I mean, we do have a response from Apple. Yeah, of course. And they, they gave a formal apology yeah. too, of course. And they, they invited the students back for a formal apology. I guess they, I, if that happens, I hope the mall security doesn't prevent them from entering the store. But <laughs> we'll have to keep tabs on that one. So I mean, from from a business owner standpoint, this is, you know, this is a pretty tough situation. Assuming you're, let's say you're the store manager or even the, the corporate, assuming you're not the one who, is kicking these people out. You've been put in a pretty tough situation because it's definitely. <laughs> and and see like this is and I, this is different than we covered a topic almost a year ago and we talked about it in the past again is that that club in Houston where they were charging for cover different fees for like black guys versus white yeah. guys and and, yeah. <laughs> and 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 so see, the difference there for example is that was seemed to be some kind of institutional policy because even when the bouncers seemed to change, they were still noticing this. And, and of course, one of the things that you don't do to respond to these kind of discrimination suits is to say that they have the right to refuse service to anybody, right? And we've all, we've all read those signs, but you know what? That's not true, you know? And, yeah. and that's why Victoria, and App, Victoria Secret, I was going to say Victoria and Apple, <laughs> Victoria's Secret and Apple, Hybrid. they were very, they were, they were very quick to, to apologize because they know that these kinds of lawsuits are are very, very difficult. Not just to defend, but because there is some challenges in 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 bringing these types of claims. But the reputation that can come from, or the reputation damage that can come from these lawsuits, is just very hard to unwind. Yeah, you mentioned the we have the right to refuse service to anyone. That's my sign business that I started. Uh, I've sold quite a few signs that says, underneath says we, you, and you also have the right to be sued by anyone because that's, yeah, that's probably right. what will happen. So uh, let's, you know, let's, let's kind of run through this and we'll, we'll go through what we kind of went through what these two companies did, but in terms of a plan of attack for if this were to happen to you or happen to your business, I kind of laid some, some different steps out and I mean, first, first step for me is just, and so I'm kind of just throwing this on you. I didn't even share this with you so you can give your own steps or your own opinion, but I, how many steps do you have? I have, I have 17. 
<laughs> seven, 17 part plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, good guy. The first thing I say is do uh, do an impartial assessment of the situation. Yep. And I say impartial, meaning, you know, even, even in the situation for Victoria's Secret, don't necessarily assume that anyone is necessarily wrong or right. It's, you got to kind of... And including, and that goes both ways. Like yeah. sometimes we can be overly cautious and assume that the customer's right too. And so, you know, we're saying impartial, truly impartial is a, is a balanced approach. Right. So I think that's step one, get a nice landscape of the situation. And then next for me is to, is as much as you can, you know, meet with each individual separately. Now, if this was a situation where it was two employees and there was an issue of, you know, racist comments, you know, that's obviously when you really need to meet with people separately. I, I say separately because I don't think you're necessarily going to meet with the employee, this manager, and then also meet with the customer. Maybe you can, but, you know, yeah. it's regardless of who you let you know take all the different employees at the store meet with them separately just so you can get a clear view of what happened and, and get various opinions because when you get people together you know oftentimes you have one person that kind of speaks up and everyone else falls in line especially when you one person's a supervisor and everyone else is you know the level level below so that's that's my step two step three close your store <laughs> Two and three kind of go together. It's the next step is, you know, take a nice detailed log of the situation. So just really write down basically everything, you know, kind of it's almost a, a mind, not a mind dump, but, uh, you know, every everything that's said, dates, times, etc. To just write down as much detail as possible. And then step four for me is, I guess this is a potential one, is terminate the employee. Because that's probably what you're going to have to do depending on the severity. Yeah, you, you have to evaluate some kind of yeah. remedial measure. Yeah. Especially if, if, there, if you find some wrongdoing from the employee then. I mean, and termination may be the best option. And it just kind of depends upon how severe it is. Obviously, if that's probably the worst case scenario. And then... Yeah, I, I should have said the last step is really discipline up to termination. But that's... I say termination for the, I want to, I wanted to make a little bit more dramatic. Yeah. Trump style, right? Yeah. 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 Then close the store. Step five. Step five. Yeah. Go out of business. From an employer's perspective, the liability that they would face in a situation like this. So let's say, let's say Kimberly or one of these teens and well, I don't know Australian law. Let's, we'll stick with Kimberly, even though I don't know Alabama law. But we'll just assume it, it's it's fine. So well, it's federal law. They can yeah, use federal law. <laughs> it's it's reverse in Australia. The defendant sues the plaintiff. I think. <laughs> so let's say she wanted to bring a lawsuit. I mean, in terms of the liability for the employer, it's you know generally speaking, employers are going to be. I say generally speaking. So don't take this you know verbatim, but it's you know the employers will be liable for the actions of their employees. Obviously, obviously, there's exceptions to that, but. You know, in situations where there is harassment, she could put forward a credible argument, I say. And what's interesting about a lawsuit in particular is that the damages are always going to be the tough one because you can you can actually bring a civil rights claim. And how these often shake up is when you bring a civil rights lawsuit, a civil lawsuit, you'll usually be asking for attorney's fees. There's a statutory provision that allows you to recover attorney's fees. Then you're going to be asking for damages in connection with, you know, punitive damages or some kind of non-tangible damages, because usually there's not going to be a lot of what are called compensatory damages, like actual damages in the sense that in this case, 
what's the it's it's hard to articulate what the actual damage is. And so that's why a lot of times these lawsuits, how they end up really shaking up are through the attorney general or the Department of Justice and for any kind of civil rights violation. So like, for example, that Houston club that we talked about, it was, I think it was called, oh yeah, it was called the gas lamp. I don't know why I didn't forget, forgot that because San Diego gas lamp, but it was called the gas lamp and they actually changed their name, by the way, to 360 Midtown because of, I assume, because of the bad publicity. So what happened in that case, the, the they sued for, under the Civil Rights Act, the actual individuals that were making the allegation, but then they dismissed that part of the lawsuit. And that allowed the Department of Justice to actually file their own lawsuits for civil rights violations. And, and they, that happened just a few months ago. So this, so this case has been going on for a while. And usually Department of Justice, they, they have their own independent investigation. So they, were, they found some issues too worth it to pursue. And we'll see what happens if, any, if they actually found any kind of liability. But the point is, is that from a plaintiff's perspective, there's always some difficulty in actually pursuing it. But that's why I think the, the, the bigger damage here is the reputation, right? That's, that's my concern because financially, yeah, you have to defend a lawsuit. And if it's one instance of one occasion, then you know, so-called things happen. But you have a real big problem if there's something institutional or po- fundamental in your policies that create these situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I know we didn't talk about this, but it reminds me, so this would have been a month ago or so now, or less than that, after Trump was elected, they, one of the, I forget the store already, but it was the CEO of this company sent a sent a memo out to all of its employees, basically saying, if you're a Trump supporter, you might as well quit or something to that effect. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's obviously going to be worse. You know, that's the CEO of the company doing this. But, you know, it's, uh, I had a good connection to that, but I kind of just forgot it. But it's, <laughs> it's always, you know, when there's something that's something like this happens, you have to kind of think larger scale, you know, big picture items of that's, you know, there is the potential for a lawsuit that could surface. I, I think the, the key is to do as much good and good PR as you can and get, a, and get ahead of it. I mean, get ahead of the get ahead of the media as much as possible too. I mean, I actually looked for more for this. The, the first story I saw on this was in the Washington Post. You know, I looked for more story. Usually, you know, we'll see a story spring up and a bunch of them will kind of grow off like like a family tree and it just keeps expanding. In this case, there wasn't a whole bunch more than what was already the original Washington Post story. It's, I mean, more of it was just kind of regurgitating that first story there wasn't like think pieces on this or or other things so it seems like they have done a victoria's secrets victoria's secret did do a good job at least in kind of stifling that potential pr disaster you chalk it up as okay you have one bad apple it doesn't represent everybody and so forth but for small especially for small businesses what you have to really look out for and i think we've all experienced this where there may be a coworker or an employee that, I don't know, on occasion they may make an off-color joke or comment, and maybe those comments in themselves aren't really substantial enough to warrant any kind of conversation or you know any kind of action. Yeah. But the point is, if those types of people are, are starting to encounter with customers or even other employees, then it should be a warning sign to management and to coworkers that hey, this is a if if that this 
this employee is put in a situation like this Victoria's Secret employee, they may make the same mistake. Yeah. And so these are ways to kind of counteract or prevent these things. I mean, I'm I'm literally thinking of like individuals that I've I've come across with my clients that you know what like if you put this person in the front desk then i then i'd i'd rethink about how you would have them interact with customers and clients that come in yeah and you said the front desk i mean in your example particularly if it's someone in some sort of supervisor role or a manager that That's oversees right, yeah. other employees it's going to be even worse i mean one thing i just kind of thought of too that can kind of get ahead of this is you you mentioned a little bit but just training i mean proper there's proper trainings that go around and go for uh, employees or sorry employers so you know it's i would i mean even if victoria's secret probably does have some sort of training i'm sure the training isn't hey if uh one black customer steals something you know don't kick out every other black customer but yeah maybe it has a for a situation that's not as ludicrous as this maybe there is going to be something valuable in there that the employee is going to think back on when something kind of happens. Because all this stuff happens, you know, if you have a theft situation, it's all spur of the moment. And you, know, you, you have to kind of test how quickly people can think on their feet. So yeah. the more you can kind of put put it in their head beforehand, it's something they haven't encountered. And now they have, then it might be helpful. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I like also training and then also your policies. For example, not policies of non-discrimination because, of course, like every... Every company, even, you know, we have in our handbooks policies of non-discrimination, et cetera. Of course, don't discriminate. But it's also the policies that you do implement that can lead to unintended results. And again, going back to the club example in Houston, if you recall, the bouncer in the front had discretion as to who to charge what. And if you, and if, as an example, I don't know if this is true, but if you give the instruction to the bouncer that, okay, we want to make sure we have a certain, quote, atmosphere that attracts certain, quote, people, right? I mean, it's like kind of innuendos of, of what, what they want, then, and, and you give the bouncer discretion, then they're going to start implementing those policies. Same way if you, if you this Victoria's Secret manager, they, you make them ultra sensitive to any kind of theft and going overboard of protecting it, then they're, they're, they, may, they may feel like, hey, I'm protecting the company you know, to be overly cautious, I'm going to try to, because these guys look like they're all together. I'm just going to get rid of them all, you know, and, and you, they start having these, in other words, I guarantee you, I don't guarantee you, but a lot of, t I bet you ask that employee, are you racist? And their answer is probably going to be no. You know, it's like, no, I, I, I'm protecting the company. I thought <laughs> that they were together and this, and, and, and that, whether that's true or not, doesn't really matter. The point is, is that these policies can actually contribute to some of these situations as well. Yeah, and that's goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. And you know, we don't know the circumstances of what all the fault. You know, how close this woman was to the one who was actually stealing. Blah blah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, it's just I was going to say double racism, but I don't know. If, I mean, because they once assumed all the black women were together and then kicked all the black women out. And it was only women too, right? It wasn't, I don't know if they're, I guess that's probably what was in the store in general, but. Oh, that's sexist, Matt. Wow, I can't believe you said that. I say that it's not sexist. This is from, you know, I've I've seen the stores before. It's predominant. I'm offended. I, I just think it's funny because you'll see the, go to a Victoria's Secret and look at the guys that are, there's usually like a handful of guys standing in there because you'll see them <laughs> in the corner on their phone just waiting for, 
you know, whatever girl they're with to, to finish up shopping. It's pretty amusing. I've been in some <laughs> myself. It's go check it out. It's that's it's not a sexist comment. It's it's more funny. Okay, I will uh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to the mall. Matt told me to go to the Victoria's Secret for some reason. To study. It's a to study study the male occupants. Wait. So what was your answer to the phone disconnect? So okay. So the so the question is if. I'm on a call and I get disconnected, which person is supposed to call the other? Mm-hmm. And so like, there's different theories, right? Okay, if I know I got disconnected, then I could be the one to call back because maybe my phone's messing up. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know. I, don't, I, th- I think it should be based upon who calls whom in the, in the, the initial call. Like if I call you initially and I get disconnected, then I, I have the responsibility of calling you again. Hmm. Well, you don't follow too much basketball, like a possession arrow situation. So if there's, yeah. a, if there's a jump ball, whoever has the possession <laughs> it arrow. It keeps so, switching it? Yeah. So, it's, so if it happens like three times, then you're going to call back the first and third time, and I'm going to do the second time. So, But then you need a possession arrow kind of signal, like on your, like it needs to be an app, right? It needs yeah. to be something to that effect. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. I think it's, I think the answer is if, if you know it's you, you call back, but if not, then what, I mean, what I do is I usually wait, depending on who it is, I'll wait at least 10 seconds. Yeah. But then, but you know what happens, of course, because I've done that too. And then you wait and then all of a sudden you, you call each other again, you know, both people are, are. Yeah. I think it's a situation where there's just no, we're not going to have a universal answer. It definitely does depend on who it is. Like what we need to do is, well, let's ask if anyone's listening in Australia, tell us what you do and we'll do the, the opposite. opposite. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope that was helpful. Probably last episode of the year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Happy new year. <laughs> not last episode of the decade. So we'll, we'll keep it open. Yeah. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.